Welcome to Industry Focus, a podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Tuesday, May 15th, and I'm your host, Vincent Shen. We have an awesome discussion in store for you today, fools, because we're in the middle of our latest theme week, an international theme week. So if you tune into this show regularly, you're aware that Industry Focus is a US-based podcast, and we talk mostly about the US stock market. So as a result, we spend most of our time focused on domestic companies. But there's a whole world of stocks out there, and no portfolios truly diversified without international exposure. So this week, we're changing things up by turning our attention to companies and stories from around the world. And the timing of this theme week, for me at least, for the consumer and retail sector couldn't be any better, given the huge news in consumer and retail that we've been processing uh, the last few days. And that is the deal announced between Walmart and Flipkart. The $16 billion transaction is going to have significant implications for Walmart investors, for consumers in India, and other major e-commerce companies that are looking to uh, gain a foothold in the Indian market like Amazon and Alibaba. So to cover all that and more, I've enlisted the help of senior Motley Fool contributor Asit Sharma. Hey Asit, welcome back. Vince, namaste. <laughs> Great to have you with us. Uh, so we have a lot to cover. We're going to jump right into the discussion. Uh, first, a little bit of context and some highlights from the of the official deal announcement because we first covered the possibility that Walmart would invest in Flipkart back in March. So at the time, it was reported to be just a $7 billion deal for a majority stake in the company, or for a big stake of the company. And since those initial rumblings, and as investors have been waiting for an official deal uh, to be announced, uh, we kept hearing that you know it was imminent pretty much week after week. And there were also reports that Amazon uh, would potentially make a rival bid to prevent Walmart from succeeding. Um, but Walmart has finally delivered that final announcement. They did it on May 9th. And the value of its investment in Flipkart has come out to $16 billion. This is the biggest deal ever for Walmart. It easily eclipses its $3 billion acquisition of Jet.com from 2016. And that $16 billion includes about $2 billion of new equity funding to support Flipkart, uh, Flipkart growth. Um, and that's a necessity given the competitive environment, which we'll dig into more later in the show. And with this deal, Walmart will get a 77% stake in Flipkart. So that implies a total valuation for Flipkart of about $21 billion. So quite a jump from as recently as November 2016, when the company was valued at less than $6 billion. And then the remainder of the ownership will be held by current investors. And that includes some pretty big names um, like Tencent, Tiger Global, and Microsoft, and also uh the co-founder, Benny Bansal. So before we go any further, um, I think the next thing we need to do is really lay out for listeners what Walmart is getting for this you know, $16 billion check that it's writing. So Asa, can you tell us a little bit more about Flipkart and the market in India and what makes it such a, an attractive buyout target for any big retailer that is eyeing this region? Sure. So as our listeners are probably familiar, India is a huge market. There are 1.3 billion people. Uh, in the market, but it's highly fragmented. India is a country which still has quite a rural population and large swathes of uh, the monetizable market there is based in big cities. So Flipkart has uh, sort of sprung up in a short amount of time. The company was founded in 2007 by uh, two guys who were friends, uh, Sunny Binsal and um, uh, Sachin Bansal, that is, and Benny Bansal, <laughs> the no relation, same last name. And uh, these two guys uh, essentially had worked for Amazon 
and started out selling books online. Does that story sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> the company grew through acquisition and multiple rounds of funding, and today it services uh, most major cities in India, and one of the prime pieces that Walmart obtains by buying Flipkart is its logistics or supply chain arm, and this is called eCart. Now, as Walmart announced in its press release, eCart is in more than 800 cities and it makes 500,000 500, deliveries daily. That's a massive amount for a country which, again, has quite a rural population. Um, there's a lot of supply chain depth and expertise there. Um, in addition, Flipkart has been a serial acquirer of uh, smaller businesses. It's bought fashion houses uh, like the site called Mintra. There's another site called Jabong, uh, which uh, is an online fashion destination, and a company called PhonePay. Now, uh, PhonePay is extremely interesting. It sounds like I'm saying P-H-O-N-E-P-A-Y, but I'm really saying P-H-O-N-E-P-E. -E. And it, it, translated from the Hindi, roughly this means um, on the phone, or you, you can do it on the phone, or where the phone is. So this is a burgeoning phone-based payments app. We will probably get deeper into the relation of payments to this whole e-commerce bit in India when we talk a little later in the show about competitors like yes. Amazon and Alibaba. But PhonePay is another integral piece of this system that uh, Walmart is buying. Amazon, of course, which again we'll get to in a moment, has a foot in the door. Alibaba is going in stages, uh, so it's entering the market very methodically. Walmart gets instant entry uh, into a business which did about $3 billion worth of U.S. revenue last year. And lastly, I want to add um, and send it back to you, Vince, it is also pioneered, that is, Flipkart has pioneered a, a holiday that it created by itself. So these are billion-dollar days. And as you have Singles Day in China and in the U.S., you have Black um, Friday and Cyber Monday. Billion Dollar Days is a sequence of five days in India, which takes place during the festival season in the fall. So this is late September. And Flipkart tells uh, everyone in India that prices are going up, but during these five days, you're going to see them lowered. And this has become a huge week of selling for the company. Walmart instantly acquires that big surge of sales within five business days. Um, and again, we'll talk more about that in the beginning. But what I see is this, it's getting this integrated piece of e-commerce, which with its own uh, very ample resources, it can extend um, and try to dominate before Amazon uh, grabs the, the market share that Flipkart's created. Sure. I think it's what you mentioned in terms of this integrated um, organization is really important because the Flipkart umbrella, like you said, it mentions or includes that namesake platform and then the fashion focus, Mintra and Jabong, that phone pay payments business, the e-card supply chain, a chain segment. So the almost like four for one nature of this deal is very, very important because uh, it offers that full e-commerce package uh, you know, with the marketplace, with the apparel retail, with the payments business and the beginnings of a pretty extensive fulfillment and logistics network that Walmart will be able to build off of. And I found some figures for the broad retail industry uh, in India with electronics and apparel accounting for about 47 
8% and 31% of online shopping, respectively. And as it turns out, large appliances, fashion, and then mobile, uh, mobile phones and electronics, make, they make up the most important categories for Flipkart as well. So the things, uh, so that aligns quite well for them. And then getting into uh, some of the additional specific numbers uh, for the company and then for kind of the opportunity uh, for the fiscal year ending March 31st, I think Flipkart had annual gross merchandise value pinned at about $7.5 billion. And then the revenue was around $4.6 billion. Might be a little different than what I think you you mentioned, Asit, but um, a few of the different sources have, uh, depending on you know what time of year, the numbers differ slightly. But uh, what's important to keep in mind is both those figures, uh, in terms of gross merchandise value and revenue, uh, they were both up 50% year over year, uh, from what I could find in the press release. And then active customers for the company as well, they've grown about seven times since 2014 to over 50 million last year. So important to note that. And if we move on a little bit to the broader uh, opportunity here in India, I think those figures that we that we've discussed are representative of the very strong growth that's expected in India overall in the next several decades. Because we zoom out, take a broader look at this market, the scale and the opportunity here is really incredible. You mentioned 1.3 billion people in the country. They have really strong GDP growth that is expected to make India the world's second largest economy by 2040. Um, the middle class is growing very quickly. You have And you have to keep in mind that e-commerce penetration is still very, very low here, uh, where it's forecasted to grow at four times the overall uh, rate of retail in the uh, near term. And Morgan Stanley, I found they have their own projections that online shopping in India will grow from $30 billion to $200 billion in the next decade. And on top of that, uh, the 14% of internet users currently making online purchases will expand to over 50%. So, quite a jump there. And I think that overall you know, that context helps to explain why Walmart is willing to spend so much on this deal, not to mention the competitors who are also pouring billions into the market. And But even uh, as bullish as all that sounds, as it all appears, Walmart stock actually declined about 3% the day of the announcement. I think the skeptics are worried by several things, including the price tag for this uh, majority Flipkart stake. So, and I'm curious, I said, are you sympathetic to the bears at all and their concerns that maybe Walmart's diving in too quickly at too high a price? Given in the past, they've, uh, especially in international markets, they've sometimes taken uh, in early stages, like in India, a more of a partnership approach versus a, uh, you know, a core uh, majority acquisition approach, like they're doing here. Sure, I'm sympathetic to the bears, but I understand where the bulls are coming from too. And you, you don't see the bulls, they're not rushing in now. They, they already own the stock. Sure. Let's put it that way. I don't think Walmart attracted new bulls with this deal. Uh, to go back to the numbers that I cited earlier, and also to just explain if any listeners are seeing both of these sets of figures out there, um, but this is relevant to answering Vince's question the $3 billion worth of US commerce that um, I was citing before is as of the last fiscal year, which uh, was reported at March 31st, 2017. And Indian companies take a little bit longer to report. We do have uh, rough figures out, uh, which Vince mentioned for this current fiscal year, and those were cited by Walmart. So if you look at the most recently reported numbers, which um, you know sort of just been uh, put out into the market, that is $4.6 billion indeed. But going back to, to last year's numbers, because we have uh, a more complete set, um, Flipkart lost $1.3 billion on the $3 billion in revenue it was able to claim. And this 
is indicative of the e-commerce market as Western investors were used to seeing these kinds of numbers because Amazon has trained us to expect market share growth and early losses. But Walmart investors uh, are they're very interested in Walmart's model, which is a model of growth with small profit, uh, and incremental profit each year. And I know that uh, when Walmart announced this deal, they also had to tell shareholders that, look, um, we are looking at a headwind of about 60 cents per share uh, in earnings per share from this deal because we're going to have to fund some losses. And of course, they are after uh, the potential competitors like Alibaba and the more formidable competitors like Amazon. Uh, Vince mentioned that provision to invest another $3 billion before um, the anniversary date of this deal rolls around. So, And also, uh, he mentioned the $2 billion in cash. So there's new equity coming to this deal. Aside from buying out the first $14 billion from previous investors, uh, Walmart is pumping that $2 billion of additional money in, of course, to have even wider sales and try to compete. But looking at the total picture and the opportunity here for Flipkart, I do want to say that it has some things figured out in a way that uh, Amazon is still learning. Uh, if you've ever had the opportunity to travel to India and, and live there for a while, maybe in one of the big cities, you probably have seen that it is a, it's already a delivery-oriented culture. So everyone who lives in a city of any size is used to a steady stream of vendors coming throughout the day. Someone is bringing the milk, someone is bringing the fruit. Uh, your local grocer may be 50 to 200 meters away and he or she is going to call you in the morning, hey, do you need um, some more chicken? I can send it up. Labor is still very cheap in India, so on uh, an economic basis, it's easy for small stores to send uh, people up to your flat, your apartment, um, and this is a model that's existed for a long time. Flipkart uh, really took to this model, and its, its own uh, delivery is sort of based on a cheap, uh, very low-cost delivery system, and it set an uh, interesting bar for Amazon. So to go into a little bit of detail of delivery, in Flipkart's model, if you buy an item that's over 500 rupees, you get it free. That is the delivery. You get the delivery free. have to pay for the item. Uh, <laughs> so what is 500 rupees? At current exchange rates, it's about $7.50. When Amazon came in to India just a few years ago and decided it really wanted to compete with Flipkart, it knew that it had to offer its um, prime service at a figure which would make them competitive with that number. So you get a prime subscription in India for 1,000 rupees, 15 bucks. This reflects both Amazon's desire to compete with Flipkart, but the basic economics of delivery. The labor, the human labor component of it is very cheap still. Where Amazon might have an edge uh, is in the fact that it builds fulfillment centers uh, you see a new one spring up every week here in the U.S., it seems, and the same is in India. I just wanted to point out that in the few years that Amazon has been in the Indian market, it has built 41 fulfillment centers, and it has about 26 sorting centers in addition. Uh, so I'm probably uh, offering up a good transition into talking about uh, the competitive aspects of the deal for Walmart. But to, to recapitulate uh, my answer to your question, I think longer term 
this is worth the investment of billions that's going to take. But this isn't even a, a case of years. This is a case of investing over the next couple of decades. Yeah, I, we're going to move on to the competition because there's some really interesting uh, developments there. I'll just add that some con- uh, something to keep in mind if you're a Walmart investor or if you're considering picking up shares, you like this opportunity and you like the other opportunities um, that it has also in its bigger markets like in the US. Um, Walmart has does have some experience in India as well. It first entered the market about 10 years ago in partnership with Bharti Enterprises and has an existing 21 best price stores totaling about 1 million square feet of retail, brick and mortar retail presence in the country. But the steel, um, you know, the company's funding it with a mix of cash and debt, and when the deal closes, a Flipkart will be reported as part of the of the companies of Walmart's international segment. And that segment generated almost 120 billion dollars of revenue last year, about a quarter a quarter of the company's top uh, total top line. So just keep in mind that scale here again for a company like this, massive. Um, it takes a lot to move the needle. And on the investor call. Analysts dedicated a decent amount of time to questions regarding the deal's impact on Walmart's financials. Asit, you mentioned that $0.60 cent per share headwind for earnings. And um, I'll just uh, expand on that, that the purchase will have a negative impact on fiscal 2019 earnings, specifically about $0.25 to $0.30 cents per share. And then in the following year, due to those ongoing investments in India, the earnings hit will be another $0.60 cents per share. And you have to keep in mind that for the trailing 12-month period, earnings were $3.28 per share. So, that is no small impact on the bottom line. And not only that, you have to... Another question that kind of cropped up on the investor call that I think is important is that you have to consider whether a $16 billion spend in India, and that's a five times uh, sales valuation for Flipkart, by the way, so quite uh, generous. Uh, you have to consider whether that means Walmart will be forced to shortchange its investments in its home market and other markets. So clearly, the company is thinking about its global footprint right now and its operations. Um, this is actually the second of two big deals from Walmart in the past month or so because they also had that uh, announcement regarding Asda and Sansbury in the UK market. So, just really quick, um, we didn't cover that on Industry Focus, but recently Walmart announced that it's going to allow its third place supermarket chain, Asda, to be acquired by the number two chain, Sansbury, for about $10 billion in a cash and stock deal. Walmart will still hold on to a 42% stake in the combined company. And that company will, um, if it passes uh, regulatory muster, will uh, take the crown as the UK's largest grocer with $70 billion of sales and 2,800 stores. But management's clearly thinking about um, their international operations and how they want to right-size things, optimize things. Uh, going back to Flipkart, though, Walmart uh, management noted that spending and losses in India, they'll shrink over time, but declining losses, that's not the same as turning a profit. And you know, as we've seen with a long history with Amazon, that does take time. And management was ultimately unwilling to look out beyond fiscal 2020 to pinpoint when uh, Flipkart, for example, might transition its bottom line to the black. And the last thing I'll note, if you're a Walmart shareholder, uh, the company also has a pretty spotty track record outside North America. Uh, the U.S. and Mexico operations strong, but the company has either shuttered, uh, sold out of, or downsized operations in places like Germany, South Korea, Japan, and Brazil. It also sold its uh, Yihao Dian e-commerce arm to China uh, in China to JD.com for a, a stake in JD.com. So, that's just a lot of 
context and considerations to keep in mind. I think in this case, Walmart has considered some of those challenges and they said to themselves, you know, we're going to write a big check, $16 billion, to take this majority stake and immediately have a place as the number one e-commerce player in this very fast-growing, important market. Um, so, the next thing I'd like to to touch on, too, is just what Walmart brings to the table for Flipkart, too, because you have to keep in mind that uh, Walmart, they generate, uh, the company generates significant revenue from groceries, and Flipkart does not, and that presents a big opportunity for the uh, Walmart to lend its expertise in that food and groceries category because retail in India is over $650 billion, and grocery and foods account for the majority of that, and they represent something very important in that they are consistent, repeatable purchases. And then not only that, Walmart will also have plenty of expertise in terms of a uh, any brick and mortar operations that pop up, the e-commerce supply chains, and it can connect Flipkart, obviously, with a huge network of product vendors and suppliers. So, all in all, I think, um, from what I've seen, Flipkart will remain a more independent part of the international segment, similar to kind of how Mark Lore has been given the reins for e-commerce within the United States. And then, uh, with Flipkart, their you know their branding is really interesting because you know they market themselves as this homegrown Indian success story, and they're focused on really great customer experiences. But that brings us now finally to more uh, a look at the competitive landscape. So let's talk a little bit about how competition in India is shaping up. How do things uh, look on that end, Nasit? The first thing that we want to look at is. I think delivery logistics, which I mentioned earlier, because ultimately this will determine who wins in India. When I order from Amazon, I might order uh, toothpaste. I've done it occasionally. I might order some household goods. But again, uh, in India, because of these small grocers, uh, and the term is Kirana, so it's a like your, your neighborhood grocer, there's a large amount of goods on a uh, U.S. website for Walmart or Amazon, which simply you just don't see as much on a Flipkart website or Amazon.India. And so the battlegrounds are really in electronics, in mobile phones, and in fashion, uh, where Flipkart, as you mentioned, Vince, that's where it's been really successful, and that's where Amazon has to compete. So confined to these goods, the delivery becomes extremely important. Um, Vince, you mentioned sort of the stumbles that Walmart has had over the years with foreign investments. This is the one thing that bothers me about this deal. In competing with um, Amazon, uh, I do believe that Walmart will have to invest in more infrastructure. And one of the reasons they don't want to talk about eventual profits or losses beyond this window of a year or two years is because I think they are going to the drawing board and figuring out what they need to build out in India to compete with those fulfillment centers and sorting facilities I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amazon is extremely uh, good at understanding local market logistics. And one of the things they've done in India is to um, go into that very difficult thing called the last mile. Here in the US, last mile logistics uh, may mean um, from a UPS center, getting that into your uh, onto your doorstep or the US Postal Service getting it into your mailbox. But you can imagine a, a city in India, which they're incredibly dense, uh, very, very difficult sometimes to find an address. Amazon has partnered up with actually thousands of these small stores that I mentioned, these Karana stores. They've got about 27,000 stores they've got relationships with. 
and they have an app which enables Amazon to take a parcel from its sorting center to these mom and pop shops and from they can wash their hands of the delivery from there. The mom or pop will deliver the goods to this hard to find address, maybe behind a bazaar that is a marketplace or um, in a dense neighborhood. And they get the, the person who delivers it then gets paid once a month using this app. So Amazon is sort of fighting back against Flipkart's really well entrenched logistical capability. And Walmart is going to have to invest here. But moving on, we should talk about the other big player in India, and that is Alibaba, yes. a company founded by um, Jack Ma. Alibaba is, is sort of interesting. I talked about how Walmart come, is coming in and getting this one piece. Alibaba is very methodical in the way it enters countries. India is actually its first real big foray outside of China, and they have started with two interesting acquisitions to me. The first is a company called Paytm. Uh, like ATM, it's pronounced Paytm, and this is another phone-enabled uh, payment service, and it is a competitor to uh, Flipkart's own phone pay service. Uh, the company has, um, and this was acquired in, I believe, two, 2015. I might need to correct that in a moment. But yeah, it wasn't it too long gives ago. You this, um, it wasn't too long ago. Alibaba's only been in India for actually about two years. Recently, they added to their strategy by acquiring a company called Big Basket, and this was a $200 million acquisition of an online grocer. Uh, Vince talked about the importance of grocery to Walmart, and in a country with 1.3 billion people where food distribution is a problem and the options for people who have resources, that is the, this burgeoning middle class, those options are expanding, it's really important to get a foothold in the online grocery marketplace. And Alibaba has made its sort of first uh, investment in this space there. So you see Alibaba also coming in, picking and choosing its own parts of the battlefield, but uh, you can look for them to also be a formidable competitor. Right now they don't have the type of market share that uh, Flipkart and Amazon uh, do, but as a Walmart investor, you want to keep your eye on what Alibaba is up to. Yep. I'll say, um, just to uh, wrap up the kind of competitive discussion, the, some things to, to remember, especially with Amazon, is they're entering this Indian market, and I feel like in the back of their minds, they're kind of remembering what happened to them in China, where they were shut out by domestic players like Alibaba and JD. So they are going to be very aggressive in how they invest in India. They've, I think they've already uh, put or had plans to invest about $5 billion in the, in the region. And it has only taken them a few years to catch up and take the number two position behind Flipkart in terms of uh, uh, e-commerce. And Half of that billion dollars I found that they've spent has been in logistics, faster, more reliable delivery. Um, Amazon has seen how important that convenience uh, was in setting it apart in its home market. And I'm sure they believe that a robust logistics delivery network will offer similar advantages in this market. And in terms of market share, uh, some of the numbers vary by source, but I found market share figures for Flipkart and for Amazon at about 36% and 20% respectively in 2017. Um, and just in terms of like the war chest 
for these companies. Uh, you know, prior to this Walmart deal, Flipkart's estimated to have raised about seven point five billion dollars from other investment and funding rounds. And as of August last year, the company said that they had about four billion dollars on their balance sheet to grow operations in India. And then, but on a monthly basis, um, I found an interesting number where Amazon's burning through about thirty-five million to forty million dollars every month in this market, while Flipkart is at about half that, seventeen to eighteen million dollars, as they've had to rein in their spending a little bit. And so, uh, that's the top two players. Alibaba, I think you covered the the big investments that they've made. They, I think, in total, they've spent about two billion dollars in India uh, through these various startups, these various e-commerce companies. Uh, some others that I found include uh, Zomato, that's a food tech startup, Express Bees, another logistics startup, and overall, Alibaba appears to be taking a slower approach, but they also, but they're keeping a very long-term mindset as they kind of develop the. The important pillars to their e-commerce strategy, and that includes for them logistics, payments with Paytm, and then grocery. So, uh, closing out our discussion here, um, I'll note a few other things about this deal, kind of what to look forward to. So, uh, Brett Biggs, he's the Walmart uh, CFO. He mentioned during the investor call uh, regarding the deal that. Other parties might actually come in on this investment round. I thought that was just interesting to know. I haven't seen any news regarding who those investors might be, but I actually have seen reports about a potential change of heart from SoftBank and their initial decision to part with their entire 21% stake in Flipkart. So apparently, SoftBank said on paper that um, that you know they're ready to sell out of their entire stake, and that's a big part of this deal and what drove Walmart to make the announcement. But now that they're they're kind of having second thoughts potentially. But even if they do, and Walmart doesn't pick up SoftBank specific stake, they'll still be a majority shareholder. Uh, but their stake will be closer to fifty six percent. It's just something interesting to to keep in mind uh, as the part of the negotiations is finalized. And you mentioned as earlier that you know the com- Walmart will have the option to invest an additional three billion dollars more in Flipkart. At the same valuation level within a year of closing the current deal, so that might bump up its ownership stake as well. And then uh, Walmart management was very tight-lipped about this, but there were also some questions and uh, discussion during the investor call about an eventual Flipkart IPO and whether uh, what the timeline for that might be and. Uh, you know how the company views that, but uh, management wasn't uh, the management team wasn't willing to share very much. But it's definitely something that um, you know I'm sure the company is looking at as a way to harvest on this very large investment for the company. So um, I'll give you we have a couple more minutes here. Any final thoughts from you on this deal, uh, the various competitors, anything uh, before we wrap up? Uh, you described the situation really uh, clearly, Vince. Uh, at this point, there are major investors who are now becoming minor, uh, minority investors uh, looking to cash out. And uh, it's interesting. I also read, uh, again, this is not gospel yet, but uh, eBay is another investor, mm-hmm. uh, early investor, and they're thinking of getting back into India. So they had invested in Flipkart and let Flipkart uh, grow. And now they're thinking, well, maybe we cash out here and um, go it alone. And become another entrant, and they certainly have the muscle. So yes, competition and concerns about competition are ruling uh, the current uh, market's reaction to Walmart. But I I would urge investors to look ahead. Just I'm going to read you a couple more statistics from probably the same Morgan Stanley report that Vince was referring to earlier. But um, currently, India has about 800 million mobile users. 
this is a country which is very young, has a young demographic, and most of the transactions for teenagers and, and kids who are even younger, in their lifetimes are going to be conducted over mobile phones. Um, Morgan Stanley believes in the next 10 years, internet access is going to double, and that 915 million Indians will be using the internet by 2026. A large majority of those will be mobile users, and Flipkart has a great mobile interface. I will also say sort of the last thing why I think this is a good deal the longer that you look out, it's always good to invest in the local um, incumbent. Flipkart has a handle on Indian culture. If you get a chance to look at their site, you'll see it's very cleanly laid out, um, very much like a Western e-commerce site, but it also has that sort of quirky Indian humor that um, I love being of Indian extraction and many would recognize. Their big meme is small kids dressed up like old people. They're called <laughs> Flipkart kids. They've got some hilarious videos on YouTube that uh, Indians love to watch. Uh, I watched a few in preparation for this episode and I'm just chuckling for a long time. But these kids are the brand ambassadors for Flipkart and they certainly um, have a lot of goodwill with Indian consumers. I think that's smart and a plus for Walmart. Amazon, on the other hand, is uh, slowly but surely working its way into the Indian psyche. I did have a chance to have a call this weekend with some friends who live in uh, Bombay, as you know it as Mumbai, um, and they order from both services. These are up and coming middle class kids. They love both services. They said that they both deliver on time. They're great deals. So while um, Walmart has a little bit of edge in this entrance into Indian culture, Amazon, as usual, just shows what a tough competitor it is. It is using uh, print media to uh, wedge its way into the Indian psyche. So again, near term, yes, it's going to cut some of Walmart's profitability. Long term, they have the resources to invest and stay in this market. And yeah, I'm looking out to where Morgan Stanley is, 2026. If you're a long-term uh, Walmart shareholder, you should be looking out 10 years as well. Thanks, Asit. Um, I'll just add some uh, some big takeaways that I saw on my end. Uh, is And one of them is that Indian consumers are going to be benefiting, I think, quite a bit over the next decade, as these three companies that we've talked about, um, Walmart, Amazon, and Alibaba, um, they also happen to have a combined market share of over $1.5 trillion. These companies are going to be duking it out. And low pricing, attractive promotions, better service, faster delivery, more product selection, these are all going to be trotted out and constantly improved upon by each company. So, big benefit for consumers there. And for the American companies, we know Amazon is willing to grit its teeth through significant international losses to expand beyond its more saturated home market. And Walmart has been consolidating and regaining its footing for years. Um, this is kind of its big bet, its biggest bet uh, in a long time on an international market. And India makes sense to me given the growth and low e commerce penetration that was discussed earlier. And then Alibaba. Uh, you know, closing out. Its focus on India signals to, signals um, to me that e-commerce in China, it, the growth there is still very strong. It's I think it's still coming with annual double-digit uh, growth, but it's slowing. And looking out long-term, uh, India is so important. The company probably wants to avoid getting boxed out by entering too late. Um, they kind of saw basically not becoming a victim to what they did to Amazon. So that's. Um, a really interesting deal to see here and uh, really timely again for our International Theme Week. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us, Asit. Thanks so much, Vince, and thanks, listeners. 
People on the program may own companies discussed in the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based only on what you hear during the program. Thanks for listening and Fool on. 